0: hello we're taking anarchy to church here on the anarchist bible study uh i'm josh aka iowan cap and i'm jeff
1: park aka three provinces west from the center of the universe
2: is <laughs> that a shot at me <laughs> fired, eh? yeah. <laughs> uh, and
0: uh and if you're watching live, that was our, uh, you know, second attempt at starting this, uh, this episode. Uh, yeah, uh. we're, we're, we're here with, uh, with a guest as you can see, if you're watching, uh, on the video feed. Um, and if you're not, you heard his voice very briefly. Uh, we have Joel from the six Sense report, Right.
2: yeah that's That's correct Uh, yeah so thanks thanks for having me i'm I'm, I'm blessed to be here
0: and uh um this is uh and and uh really we we have you on because jeff is a huge fan of your podcast like honestly cannot stop talking about it just gushing constantly and i'm like bro i'm right here you don't have to be gushing (laughs) about someone else's podcast while you're you're talking to me but you know uh Uh, but he's, that's a, good. Thank he's you. a big fan, and we're, uh, we're excited to, uh, to get to, to talk to you, and uh, you're going to walk us through some scriptures. And honestly, uh, as in, in, to quote myself in talking to, uh, <laughs> to Jeff while we were preparing, he had sent me your show notes and had said, by the way, he uses NASB, and I went, and I quote, Oh, shoot, I didn't know we were dealing with a scholar. <laughs> We're gonna have to we uh, have to up our game
2: here. <laughs> uh, well, I I I like to say that
0: James White rubbed off on me, maybe, and that's why I picked NSP. Uh, I mean, yeah, the the uh, yeah, that's that's the uh, oh man. Uh, so anyway, uh, we're going to uh, go through some. He's actually picked out quite a few scriptures, as you'll see when we jump to that screen, and uh, we'll see how many we get to because we are, of course notorious for um, getting through uh, two verses at a rapid rate of two hours apiece. piece. So, um, <laughs> but we're, but you know, like f- first you guys are both from Canada. Um, the, uh, the communist uh, fascist society now. Um, now and, what uh, are you talking
2: about? We've been socialists for like 25, 50 years,
0: man. <laughs> like, but, but this isn't new. But but basically, um, <laughs> what when he says say we, is... he means Ontario. Fair. <laughs> 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 basically, what happened though is that um, Jeff lied to us uh, last week when he said or two weeks ago when he said he thought that uh, that uh, the, the arresting of pastors was going to uh, oh, decrease, yeah. and uh, that didn't quite happen, did it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, at least,
2: at
1: least they're arresting politicians too. Yes. Yeah. So that's uh, the, the upside. The upside is they're also arresting politicians. Just maybe not the ones who deserved it. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Debatable. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh,
3: man.
1: Did you see the picture, by the way, of the the illegal gathering that he was at? Yeah. Like there was like a it was of people like there. outdoors, twelve people. Huh. Like actually, like serious, serious burn on a politician only gathering that many people. A, but but uh, but B, it's like, like, uh, this is, <laughs> uh, this is obviously just insane. Like targeting, <laughs> targeting opposition to the policies and arresting on that basis, which is, what they do in banana, uh, republic, banana republics. Yeah, so. Uh, uh-
0: yeah, I mean, would it have been better if it was some friends drinking on a roof? Would, would that have been better? Um, I mean, it depends
1: on the friends, I suppose. <laughs>
2: I think we can all agree violating, you know, inalienable rights under, regardless of why, when, where,
0: how, who, it doesn't matter. We, we're not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's... Yeah. I just, uh, it's just, yeah. It's, yeah. Man, it's... I've uh, I've never been more happy to be an Iowan than during all of this, um, because we had I I mean, it wasn't 15 days, but it was (laughs) significantly less than other states had to. And so what's weird is like we're we're never mentioned among all the states that haven't really been locked down, except if it's Josh Smith, who's repping our state very well. Um, But uh, he's just caucus, right? Yeah. 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 He's he moved to uh, Iowa actually for actually right before the lockdown. So he wow. he, he got out of Dodge real quick. Um, it just worked out nice for him. He's had now he's getting married, a bunch of kids, stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a like it's it's uh, it's kind of like the conclusion we've come to is she could have been better, but she also could have been a lot worse. And so we're, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way our governor handled it. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and, and after your Christie's gnome, your, uh, your Ron's DeSantis, your uh, Greg's Abbott,
0: she'd be the next rung up. She was better than Abbott. She was better than Abbott. I was going to say
2: Abbott wasn't, wasn't great. Probably until more recently. Yeah. She opened us
0: catching the trend. Right. Really. He just jumped on board when it clearly was going that direction. Um, but but uh, she she opened. I was I want to say like she was Iowa opened very, re, uh, very s- one of the first states that reopened um, before Texas. Um, and and also she is one of the first governors who actually passed a law, saying or decreed that they couldn't mandate masks anymore. Mm. So OK, she, so um, and, and of course, that meant nothing to certain uh, corporations and especially when you're living in a small town <laughs> the only restaurants we have are are corporate chains uh, except for a few uh few local restaurants um and so but but now what's interesting is is we're to the point where you can go in any restaurant in town without a mask uh you're gonna see some employees without a mask the only one you're not allowed to go into is mcdonald's Right. Because of course when you go when you think of health, you think yeah, of McDonald's. The pinnacle. It's yeah. I'm so glad that McDonald's is keeping us safe by not well, I suppose in. I
1: suppose because of the connection between uh uh Plague deaths and obesity that we're not supposed to talk about. I suppose that's only rational then. <laughs> that that, uh, that in McDonald's they they want extra rungs of safety just to just. To, <laughs> they have
2: the high risk population.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, So anyway, um... uh, and before we before we sorry be- because we probably lost all of our American listeners and <laughs> listeners who aren't receiving. Uh, messages from me just uh, just of course for uh, the quick rundown on the things that we uh, referred to there everything looked like things were finally starting to open up especially in Alberta um, and uh, uh, but then um, the third pastor of the same church the Cate church here in Calgary um, they've had their third pastor arrested uh, he he agreed to come in and be fingerprinted and 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 uh, submit to charges and all that so so that's so it wasn't a it wasn't a dangerous takedown on one of the busiest highways in in calgary but it was um but it was still still i think technically falls under the definition of arrest um An and embarrassment uh, of a country yeah and uh and then joel was referring to the uh the arrest of maxine bernier who is uh, the leader of a fair to call them a right-wing splinter party um, here in Ish, here in yeah. Canada, semi-libertarian. Uh, yeah, yeah, semi-libertarian, semi-populist. Um, the the People's Party, which uh, don't let the name fool you, is not communist. Um, and uh, uh, and so so he's yeah, he was a more libertarian-leaning uh, member of Parliament uh for the conservative party ran for the conservative party leadership on essentially a libertarianish platform um and lost, and lost by, out to the dairy farmers lost lost to the dairy farmers by uh uh by a pretty small margin um and uh and couldn't couldn't really uh couldn't really uh support that government and 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 uh formed his own Formed his own political party. He was in. It was in Manitoba, right?
2: Yeah, that he got arrested. They, yeah, Manitoba so he, is requiring when you go to their province from another province, you need to quarantine.
1: Yeah, so that was
2: <laughs> part of his arrest because he didn't quarantine and, for 14 days when going to that province.
1: And for those who are up on your Canadian ge- geography, Manitoba is not landlocked, or, or is sorry, is not uh, an island. <laughs> it is landlocked. It is a. It is a. It is a square. So think like. Think like Utah trying to have this rule or something like that it's like it's like you have or or worse than utah because you have like no natural borders you have no it's just um it's just you have to drive through it to get from ontario um to alberta um uh uh, and uh um and so yeah it's a um it's a a very strange yeah very strange so we we've had the we've had the East coast bubble where you're supposed to quarantine when you go in, um, for, for the duration, uh, basically the duration of, yeah. of this whole deal, but that at least makes some sense because you've got some islands you've got like, they are more, they are more they, separate. They can
2: be secluded in a sense. Yeah. Whereas... Yeah. I
1: mean, you've, you've got a whole bunch of French speakers who throw off the tourists and turn them the wrong way. It, it works out fine. Um, people don't end up there on accident usually. And so, uh, and so that made a little more sense. Manitoba makes a little less sense. Um but then that, that happened yesterday, right? That was yesterday?
2: Oh uh, yeah, I believe so. Something. Or, yeah, yeah. as yeah.
1: we're recording. As we're recording. We're uh, we're recording on Saturday the twelfth. And and then um and then, <laughs> um, and yeah, then so I think uh, it was on Friday.
2: It was on Friday, the eleventh yeah. that he got
1: arrested. Uh, Friday the eleventh, I think I think that's right. And then yeah. um and then uh, and then Josh finally talked about the uh uh, having having some some Jamesons on the on the roof with a few friends, uh, and that's that's referring to the uh, the premier of Alberta, Jason Kinney, and um, and the uh, minister of of Parks, who uh, was the one who put out the well, his department put out the tender looking for drones um, to look for uh, look for people who were gathering in. In two larger groups outdoors in Canadian parks, they wanted drones to to catch people violating uh, violating coronavirus restrictions in in Alberta parks. And they, uh, you know, because uh, uh, all uh,
2: zero transmissions in outdoors is something we need right. to worry about.
1: And so, uh, uh, so he was there, the Minister of Health. Who um, there's been there's been significant reporting that that the Minister of Health signed. <laughs> actually signed off on the arrest of the pastors, actually signed off on the uh, changing oh. of the locks and the putting up of the fences around churches. Yeah. Um, uh, whether that reporting is true or not,
2: mm-hmm. we'll find out eventually
1: um, yeah. is becoming becoming less clear because um because the outlet that um that reported that is backtracking very quickly from reports about another meeting in the laws are for peasants tour that um, oh. <laughs> um, and and so so we'll at, at, at the time we're recording this, the uh, um, there's another story that, that I'm not going to talk about. Cause it, it looks like the substance of it probably wasn't true. Um, Cause I had to back off from it. So, so hard to say, but then uh, so yeah. And then the, the minister of finance, who's gotten a six credit downgrades over the, over the course of this thing. Um, and uh, uh, the premier's chief of staff, um, we're all, uh, all hanging out on a, on a on the rooftop of the penthouse apartment that brought down the last conservative government in Alberta, <laughs> this, which which we call the Sky Palace, um, uh, it's they've they've tried to convert it into offices, and the premier has been living and working out of there um, while there are renovations. Yeah, but but yeah. then also also having a um, rooftop rooftop Jamison's parties. Um, yeah and uh and then and then i just have to because the, the press then this, this is a, this happened publicly so it definitely is the the press asked him um why the jamesons and our 53 year old premier said because someone gave it to him for his 30th birthday um someone gave him a bottle of jamesons for his 30th birthday <laughs> um, to to which to which sense? To which one of the reporters quipped on Twitter, one wonders what it would have looked like if someone had given him a unicycle for his 30th birthday. I mean, it could have been much more entertaining. Um, So, so, yeah, anyway, it's the – and look, to be clear, I don't care that people are hanging out outdoors. I think it's great. People should be hanging out outdoors. That's what we call normal, Um, not the new normal. The normal, normal, um, and and I would encourage politicians to behave normally. I mean, at least, at least when you're zipped up in your human suit and covering up your lizard skin, go ahead and behave, go ahead and behave normally. It's fine, um, and 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 so, I, I I encourage that behavior. What is galling is that the the same people who um, who say it doesn't matter what he thinks about the restrictions, Tim Stevens has to go to jail in front of his crying children because because the restrictions are the restrictions, and he refuses yeah. to obey them, and no matter whether he thinks the restrictions are unreasonable or not, there has to be a price to pay for that. Yeah. These people, the people who set these restrictions, the people who, if anyone should know what they say, and if anyone should understand why they're important, you would think it would be them. They can't they can't abide by them. So yes, I think they should be reasonable. I think they should be normal. I think Tim Stevens should be able to live a normal life too.
0: Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna hence, go back to normal, let us too. Hence the t-shirt. Yep. <laughs> so I've got four <laughs> things before four things before we get into the uh, um, before we get into the passage. First, um one thing that I've noticed is that I know way more about Canadian politics than I've ever wanted to know ever since starting a <laughs> podcast with you. I kept <laughs> way more abreast of what's going on in the north than I ever wanted to be. Uh second we got some chat. We got some some chats. Uh uh PT Superman who I'm I I yeah, is that you uh HCL is that you? I I think it's you. I don't know who it is. It might be a friend of yours. But I think it's I think anyway, um, they commented first dairy farmers moved the vote and then (laughs) and then they asked joint they said joint late who got arrested. And the answer was the third pastor of the church of the guy who got arrested on the. On the, 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 highway.
1: the on the highway. highway. The, so the Cade of Adjulum uh who the Polish guy who yeah. Yeah, went viral chasing the okay, yeah. cops out of his church calling them Nazis. Um yeah. and so his uh, he and his brother both got arrested on the highway together, and now the third pastor of that yeah. same church has uh
3: yeah.
1: agreed to go in and be fingerprinted and booked yeah. and so and then, I think that counts as an arrest. And then, and then um yeah, and then
0: Maxine Bigger Yeah, um, and yes, it is the, the,
1: the, leader, Chester- the leader. of a the leader of a right wing uh, of a, yeah. a right wing third uh, third party. I slipped into an Americanism for a second there, but uh, 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 we, we have one, one
2: of the one. five third parties.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> At he, least, uh, he, it, and, and I want to point out this is the hairy chested libertarian of uh, Twitter. He is phenomenal. You should follow him. Uh, he also wrote a book that uh, you should go check out. He wrote a; it's not like a, a nonfiction. It's a young adult fiction book, and I am very excited to get my copy and read it. Um, Interesting. So, you should go follow him, check him out. He's he's great. He's a wonderful guy. Um, uh, so that's that's two. Uh, third thing is I should say, it is June twelfth, and uh, that is a very special day for me. It is my eleventh uh, anniversary with my wife. And, uh, unfortunately I, I'm batching it up this weekend. My, uh, my, my wife took, uh, our kids to go visit my, my, my sister just had a baby. Oh, by the way, I mentioned that we've been praying for her. She's out of the hospital. The baby's doing great. Everything is awesome. Um, uh, but she went up to visit them and also, uh, to spend some time with my, my parents and her parents. But, uh, I had sent her the link to this so I know she is watching. So, I love you, sweetheart. Thank you for letting me um uh talk to people about anarchy in the Bible. Um and uh uh yeah. And
1: and and I think it's entirely defensible that for your anniversary your wife wanted to be somewhere on. No, no, no. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, yep. what do you want for your anniversary? Uh as many Miles
0: between us and no, no just no, no. no, no. Yep. That's, that's that's not even that's that's not fair. Uh. Uh, but yes, um, gosh, there's a fourth thing. Um, oh, fourth thing is we uh, got a comment, and uh, it wasn't a question, it was a compliment, Ooh. and uh, I am impossibly narcissistic so i wanted to read it so uh and this is from a miss michelle park oh i wonder if there's any okay (laughs) any relation um she said only only by marriage (laughs) this was my favorite episode so far i especially loved iowa caps reactions there are no words so that is uh miss mrs jeff park saying that episode 14 was her favorite episode yet so if you haven't watched that that's our response to uh video by uh uh diced padawan uh, uh canonically about, that is his name about, about uh how the the uh basically about how josh mcdowell is wrong about everything uh
2: Yeah, that that video was horrible. Like he, yeah, you guys
1: annihilated Because he just, like,
2: there was was no substance to to really what he had to say. It was very, like, surface level, just like, no, dismiss, dismiss, dismiss everything. Like, I don't know. It it was, you guys, you kept, I, I was listening, you're like, Hopefully he'll sort of represent the other side Fairly eventually
0: (laughs) (laughs) But no No no, He just
2: had nothing Positive
0: (laughs) We kept hoping And waiting uh,
1: having but, having been in the same room as someone named Michelle Park while while episode fourteen was was uh, premiering, I can say that at least the Michelle Park I know found it incredibly entertaining and was yeah. laughing <laughs> basically every time. Basically every time, uh, every time you reacted to something, IOM she was uh, <laughs> impressed. <laughs>
0: um,
1: <I>, she was <laughs> reacting very strongly to that.
0: So that that checks out. That um, maybe it's the same person. It's a lot of fun uh anyway <laughs> let's let's get into what we do then huh oh. <laughs> so uh there we go we're going over to there gonna bring my bring my friends back into this pew there they are there's my friends um so we're we're looking at a few passages um well well, really what happened is is Joel gave us a a good amount of options uh for us to look at tonight and uh we're just going to see what we get through. It's kind of the idea we had. Um uh Joel I, I guess I forgot to ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, oh yeah. But- yeah,
2: true. Yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> got distracted with the Canadian disaster. Um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, yeah, my my podcast, the Six Cents Report, it's uh, with me and Darnell Samuels. Um our, the, the the name is is sort of uh, the idea is like my two cents, Darnell's two cents, and we try to represent you know the other side. Um, you know oh, the sure. the concept of steel Manning. You know another two cents yeah. um, as opposed to straw Manning not not to say that we're, we're perfect at it, but obviously, you know, that's the objective. We, one of the biggest ways we do that in, in our show, just sort of use an article as a launch pad, you know, critique it, you know, and, and, and use it as a way to fairly present someone else's opinion. Um, I would say that I'm sort of more in the economics realm and, and uh, with, with a the theology perspective, Darnell's a little bit more theological with, with an economics perspective. Um, he's, he's more theologically trained. I'm, I'm professionally trained as an accountant. So I did a lot of economics and then, you know, finding Ron Paul and Mises Institute, I basically became, you know, economist for pleasure and fun because it's Mm -hmm. just, you know, intellectually interesting to me. Yeah. Um,
1: But you and Darnell met at the same, at the same Bible study. So, so you, right. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Yeah.
2: There, there's basically a, a, a Bible study that, um, he was semi running or, or, running, uh, with, with a couple other guys. Um, and I just sort of connected with someone that was in the group and showed up one weekend, you know, that was 2000. Oh my goodness. Uh, at least over, over 10 years ago. Now. Um, it, it's, I, would have to go and try and figure out when it all started. Um, maybe 2012, 13, somewhere in there, maybe. Yeah. But, um, you know, Darnell ended up being, uh, the MC at my wedding and which was six, seven years, six years ago in August. And then basically the podcast we started in 2017. very cool. Um, What's interesting uh, with that, that Bible study, it was called CLS, which stands for Christ lives suckers. In terms of you talking about going through text slowly, we spent 14 weeks on Romans, sorry, on Hebrews five, six, that like, essentially mm. can you lose your salvation conversation oh yeah and part of that was every week you know we have like 20 close to 10 to 15 people but every week like a different six people would show up or like a handful so like there's just so much opinions on that text that we like okay here we go again here we go again and yeah yeah uh, yeah uh. Uh, i mean it was it was at least yeah a good 7 8 weeks i it might have been more um, but anyway, so I
0: can appreciate your, you know, two verses in two hours approach. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah. And so that's, and that's, that's kind of a little bit of the theme of the passages that he brought for us to look at, um, is, is very much the economic, uh, economics in the Bible, um, which, you know, like tell, you tell, tell us a little bit about, or tell our listeners a little bit about what you were telling, telling me before we started recording. About the way you think about that, that yeah, I mean
2: um, I um, oh yeah, yeah, the quote the quote that I sort of say a lot of times is that I feel like the the Bible is largely silent on economics um, and the, and the way that I sort of exemplify that, I think or, or break that down is that the Bible a lot of times tells us what to do, but it doesn't really tell us how to do. yeah, um, and so I think about you know uh, James where it talks about um, true religion, taking care of the meek, the poor, the widow. Right. Um, well, well, how, how do we do that? Um, yeah. You know, the, the default for the Romans 13 lover is of course, just by government decree and steal everybody. I mean, tax everybody to pay for it. Um, (laughs) so, you know, that's for me, I think economics really is the tool that I would argue a lot of pastors don't, don't consider as valuable as they should. Um, because the how is something that th- they are very interested in, right? Like how many churches have a food bank or, you know, benevolence or, or I guess diaconin fund if you want to be old school. Um, but you, how do you use that? How do you deploy that effectively? Um, and, and that actually sort of relates to, you know, I'll call it my day job. I, I, I work um, in accounting in, in the church, religious charity sector. Um, and so I do see a bit of the, you know, the overlap of, you know just having not an economics minded person who might you know use resources in a way that hey aren't you called to steward resources let's yeah you know take a couple steps back and think about well what does stewarding those resources look like and and that's where for me economics you know there there's a couple as as you saw you know I probably handed you all the verses that I could find that sort of touch on economics which you know in in grand scheme of things is not much um mm-hmm. And so I think uh, it's, it's a good place to uh, engage in terms of understanding economics, but, but let's pull the little bit of economics that's in the, yeah. the text and, and make sure that you know, for, the, for, for ourselves, are we abiding by that? And, and especially when some people start to promote something like socialism or, or mm-hmm. other things saying, oh, the Bible says we should do the X or Y. Um, those, those few texts that do touch on economic principles are, are really important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, what, what it says we have to take very seriously. And I agree with you. Like, you know, um, one of the things that I've always, well, I, I've, uh, how do I say this in some of the ways that I've, um, grown as a libertarian, I have found myself freed to be a better pastor. Um, Hmm. Like um, I tweeted this week about how um, becoming red pilled on the media, which is Michael Malice uh, defines means uh, understanding that everything is not that everything that you watch that is presented as truth is actually a carefully constructed narrative. Um, And, and uh, once you become red pilled uh, on the media, you become more careful to headline chase like i find like i i i posted this actually while i've been i've been devotionally listening to um john piper's eight-year series on romans um basically uh you can if you if you listen to one uh one sermon a day you can get through it in a year which is (laughs) fascinating um, but but anyway, I've been using it kind of to, to study Romans. Uh, I, I'll kind of memorize the passage and then I'll listen to him preach on it. And he, he quotes the Matthew Shepard um, incident, which became famous through the Laramie Project play. Um, and there were lots of Matthew Shepard laws passed. And basically it was this this stereo, this, this basically poster child event for gay hate crimes. Um, because it was this homosexual man who was tied to a post and murdered by two men, and it was all kind of taken as a uh, it was a homosexual a hate crime for him being gay. Um, in the years after that, the story ended up becoming a little more complicated than that, as is often the case when you find a very convenient narrative. Is uh, it turns out that in fact one of the two men who killed him was an erstwhile lover of his and so clearly sexuality wasn't uh the only thing the driving involved. factor and in fact it turns out as as we find out it probably had more to do with drugs um mm. and so um basically and so here here john piper so is. they amended all the matthew shepherd laws to in the drug war right yes um that's what happened when we found out the truth about that yes right? that's the happy ending uh but anyway <laughs> yeah. here is and by the way i i say this as a that doesn't as, give hope for covid <laughs> uh, as a large <laughs> as largely a fan of john piper but it was just it clearly was he heard the headline he read the headline right and he yeah. responded even though he didn't agree with the with the argument that this narrative brought forth he still was continuing the narrative um, yeah. that this is what it was. Um, oh, well, I, how
1: many, I mean, more recently, how many how many prominent Christians did that with the Covington Catholic kids? Yes.
0: Yes. They they just jumped or, on board with that narrative or with all of the spat of racial crimes, some of which were um, terrible and disastrous. And some of them were a little bit exaggerated, like things that we've we've seen a lot recently, I'll hear pastors. Commenting you mean juicy th- <laughs> For instance, <laughs> uh, pastors commenting <laughs> on these things a- and and not ever, um, not ever a- amending their statements. Because of course, why would you? Um, but there's but that's just one area where like that's and that's not economics, but that's that's a uh, that's some other aspect of of liberty. Is that it's kind of it's freed me from chasing headlines and instead to just deal with the text as the text. But there's also a sense in which knowing economics has it helps you to uh, see certain things. And that's and of course, that's the whole reason this podcast exists is because we're convinced that um, not it's not that we're going to prove anarchy as we as we say often. And if you haven't uh, watched our first episode, you should because um, we set this whole thing up that that we're not trying to prove anarchy from the Bible. Um, we are trying to show how freeing ourselves from the political system essentially frees us to take in the whole of scripture without trying to fit it into a status paradigm. And, and, um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of, a uh, me, me, me agreeing with you, I guess I could say. <laughs>
2: yeah. And I'll just say, you know, that's one of the things we really, with our, with our podcast, we really try, um, to cover topics in a way that's sort of evergreen and oh. and so when it you when you've got to really you know not to say that there aren't a few episodes that are like you know very very timely um but for the most part even if it's a timely issue okay let's sit on it let's wait let's get you know a full picture um and and really try to speak to that issue in a way that's super nuanced and talks through it to i mean and, and the way that i like to say it is like i don't as much as I'm conveying my opinion, I'm trying to show how I got to my conclusions, not convince right. you here's why I have the best ideas. Well, right. obviously there's while I'm building up my argument, there might be a, you know, an aspect of trying to convince people, but that's not my objective. My objective is more. So how to th- how do I think about it? And why do I question this and what? And, and because I think so much of the world we're in is what you've said. It's just straight headline chasing, just, you know, Oh, I can jump on this virtuous thing. and, you know, claim to be morally, you know, good or or whatever because I'm mm-hmm. aligning with the right narrative, and yeah. and I mean, you know, we we just had a scenario in Ontario. Um, I don't know if you guys are well, <laughs> yeah, Josh, you wouldn't know, but Jeff, you might know. Uh, Candace Malcolm, um, she was speaking about this. Uh, there's this horrible tragedy that happened, and but if you contrast, you know, something where it's a white guy doing something that looks like a racist act with Um, you know a racist act from any other minority the the way the media you know discusses those people one of them it's like okay uh, sort of demonize the person you know instantly like tell their name whereas like the media was like it's the way she was describing it was like the they were censoring his name they were trying not to discuss it try not Mm -hmm. oh talking about his background is wrong but then with the with the white guy talking so it's like you know, the media is doing totally opposite things depending on whether it fits the narrative or not fits mm-hmm. the narrative. And so, yeah. you know, obviously for a listener or, or a watcher who's who's sort of saying, you know, might think I'm being critical towards the in, actors. No, I'm just pointing out the fact that the media addresses the actors yes. in different ways, yes. um, regardless of, you know, what let's call them equally morally abhorrent. The way the media mm-hmm. talks about it changes based on does it fit the narrative? Yeah. Not. And, and so it- I think that's- exactly yeah. where your point's so valid or, or and, so true for a pastor. Yeah.
0: And and to be fair, a lot of times it isn't what we would call virtue signaling. When I when I see it, it's not that they're trying to be like, "Well, I got to comment on this because the, otherwise people won't see I'm virtuous." It's more that because they don't acknowledge that it's a carefully constructed narrative that they just fall for it. And then in 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 an effort to be to be pastor, pastoral, they end up furthering a narrative that is untrue. And and that's, mm-hmm. and that's really like, uh, it's honestly nine times out of 10, especially like the pastors that I interact with, they're not like trying to win woke points. They're just trying to be pastors like they're, and they're seeing this issue that's in the news and thinking, well, it's a big deal. I have to say something. Mm-hmm. And my pushback is no, you don't not necessarily because we don't want to comment on what's going on in the world. But because maybe it's a wise idea to stop, slow down, and not give a knee-jerk reaction. And that goes for the conservative as well as the liberal, too. Like, a lot of times yep. they do knee-jerk reactions as well. Like, just stop, slow down, let, let the story follow through. And honestly, follow through on the story. Like, that's a big thing that we never do is we never follow through on, on stories. Yep. We, we let the narrative, uh, the headline tell us what to think. And we never uh, follow through because, you know, it's not, but it's, but of course it's because we know that the media would never lie to us or cover up anything or for instance, never actually tell us what the, uh, um, what the motives of say the Las Vegas shooter is to this day. It never happened. Uh, (laughs) And so, uh, but anyway, all all, all that to yeah. say, I let's let's uh, this is this is. A let's chop up the text. Good, good. Uh, let's uh, yeah, let's let's move into the first verse. And the first passage you've chosen for us is uh, one that we've wanted to comment on for a while. For sure. But well, and um, and you have a little yeah. bit.
2: I mean, yeah, a um, little bit. I I, um, I can't remember. I might have been two episodes ago. Maybe maybe a little bit more. I I like crushed all of your episodes this week. Let's just say two times speed is a great thing. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> That's how
0: I listen to me too. I sound a lot better. <laughs> I sound a lot smarter at two times speed. I'll tell oh, you, Oh, when I
2: when In- I'm listening to my podcast, because I'm just trying to get through, it's like three or four times speed sometimes. <laughs> just like yeah.
0: For,
1: for those of you who are fans of authorial intent, the authorial intent of this podcast/slash YouTube video is 2x or greater. Uh, that is,
0: that yeah. is actually how it was meant That's to right. be experienced. This is how it was mm-hmm. meant to be watched. So if you're watching live, uh, pause and then go to two times speed every few seconds. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> or, or go make yourself. We, some we, food. we sound so much smarter that way, at least. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, Joel. <laughs> No,
2: I, I'll say, you know, the reason I picked, you know, or, or brought this text and I thought it was a really good one to, to chat about for me, I sort of use it as the default rebuttal to like Romans 13 in that, like, are you taking into consideration what first Samuel eight says at the same time? And, and, and the question I sort of usually is if I'm talking to someone more scholarly or, or a pastor is like more of a, a question, right? How do we, how do we view Romans 13 in light of this? Like, do we, should we be looking at them together? Should we not? Um, and, and, you know, me as like a backyard scholar. And, and I, I think I said to you guys, I sort of use the word like Berean. Cause I just, I like to chew on the text. I look at the grammar. I mean, I'm, you know, I use Greek Bible sometimes, but usually that's just to be like, okay, what's really the, that one key word. What is the depth to that word? Um, but, but in general, I just, I just. To, you know chew on the, the words that are there and and yeah. so i don't know for you guys like would you would you say that you reading romans 13 without considering this text is sort of foolish or would you say those two can sort of be a little bit more separate
0: yeah
1: yeah so i guess it depends on the question is like are we reading romans 13 to get to romans 14 or are we reading romans 13 to talk about a systematic theology of how a christian should approach government Cause if it's a second one, then yeah, obviously we need to go here and we need to go to revelation 13 and maybe we need to look at Hosea nine and decide what's going on yeah. there. Like I mentioned last week or the week before, yeah. uh,
0: and maybe, um, yeah. And uh, right now and, and I've, so, been, I've been studying actually because, um, uh, my church started going through a Micah, um, series mm. and I've been, uh, given the, um, work of pre- the, or the, uh, assignment of preaching Micah two. And what's so fascinating is right there when you actually dig into it, which by the way, I've never worked harder on a passage than I have with Micah. My goodness. Uh, Poetic prophets are dense. Um, But, but like while, while, (laughs) while studying that we come to find this uh, very familiar scene of uh, the ultra powerful and the ultra rich teaming up to take Mm -hmm. away property from the middle class, man, I mm, never sounds seen familiar. that before. Yeah, <laughs> and and yeah, like you you've got like, the, but but that's another example of like, I think there is like, definitely if we're constructing a theology of the state, and and or if someone's trying to construct a theology of the state and they don't mention First Samuel eight, I do get a little bit, I guess I scratch my head because far more than Romans thirteen, or maybe let's let's put it like this. Just as much as Romans thirteen, this comments on the nature of government, state, rulers. and um, and it does so in a way that, uh, as I've often said, that tells me that if Romans thirteen says what many people claim it's saying, well, then this then it's contradictory. And of course we right we, and, and of course, we know, first of all, that it's all that the scriptures are inspired by God, and, and God does not inspire chaos. And second of all, we know that it's written by a devout Jew, who definitely would have known what First Samuel eight said. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. Well, and I,
1: yeah. I think this verse is also especially relevant, even more than to Romans thirteen in terms of, in terms of just in being directly relevant to to how you interpret uh, the particular passage when people quote. The few times in Judges where it says there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes, as if it supports monarchy, yeah, or as if it's uh, as if it as if it supports a centralized state or or whatever. However, they're trying to, however they're trying to quote it. Um, When um, when okay, so that was that that is repeated in Judges. So so we want to interpret that and understand why, but then what happens when we're leaving the period of judges and getting a king is yeah. is Samuel like great you guys finally got the point of judges
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no it seems like you went in a different direction
0: yeah yeah <laughs> and so yeah so so the passage before us if you're not watching if you're not watching it uh, visually you might not yeah know we should it probably itself. read it um for <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a 21 verse 22 verse chapter, uh, we can could, we could read it very quickly. Um, and it came about when Samuel was old that he appointed his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, the name of his second Abijah. They were judging in Beersheba. His sons, however, did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after dishonest gain, and took bribes and perverted justice. So, this is a good rebuttal to the uh, divine right of kings and uh, of of last week is because we have a uh, a uh, what, what what do they call it the the, the handing it down to his children uh, a, a uh, oh yeah so, hereditary hereditary uh,
1: hereditary episcopate in this case I guess you yeah. would say um,
0: yeah, it doesn't seem to go very well then all the elders of Israel together gathered and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, Behold, you have grown old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king for us to judge us like all the nations. But the thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them like all the deeds which they have done since the day that I brought them up from Egypt even to this day, in that they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now then, listen to their voice, however, you shall solemnly warn them and tell them of the procedure of the king who will reign over them. And so that alone is, is uh, I guess, should be shocking to the Romans 13-only political theologian
2: (laughs) yes and that's partly why i like to bring it up because they sort of seem very like obey the government okay Well, well the first government now obviously monarchy versus whatever but you know the first government it's it's clearly saying oh you're they're rejecting god not you know it's not god giving them something or not you know god i i would say a lot of people seem to look at romans 13 and talk about it like it's very prescriptive yeah and and you know whereas i would argue it's descriptive for the most part yeah and uh you know here you clearly descriptive um and you you see such a contrast um in in terms of the origin
0: and uh and we should clarify what we mean by prescriptive and descriptive there because i agree about prescriptive uh that 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 Romans 13 is descriptive not prescriptive. Um but if you uh if you're a listener to the Flyover Libertarian episode 2 I believe. Actually yeah, I think that was episode 2. All the way back at the beginning. I think so. Um uh uh I used those terminology and uh the rural Rothbard got confused and said, "Wait a minute, but but this is this is prescribing what we should do." Um let's clarify. By prescriptive and descriptive we mean in its reference to what a government is like is it prescribing a government or prescribing what a government should do or describing the reality of government and mm-hmm. uh we're we're t- we're saying we would take it more as a descriptive um and someone who's done a lot of great work on that is Brandon Adams uh i can par- I can link to his blog where he's got um lots of really good work on this as well as uh covenant theology um and pretty much I just I just wait to find out what Brandon Adams thinks about things. And then that's my opinion on things. Um, but uh, he he's done a lot of really great work on, on that subject. Um, uh, but, yeah, that's I think that's that's a good I think that's an Im- important. Um, an important point. Like, yeah. T- and distinction. And, um, and and yeah, like it's it's uh, at the very least, we have to say. That whatever approach you take if you if you disagree with us and you're going to go with a prescriptive view of Romans thirteen that it prescribes a the government, then we you need to do something with this passage, like you gotta do mm. something with with first Samuel right. eight, and I think um more evangelicals and maybe this goes along with the general theme and the problem that we have in American evangelicalism uh that by new covenant Christians, what we really mean is new Testament only. And we Mm. try to build Mm. everything from a new Testament foundation period. And we're not always sure what to do with the old Testament. Um, Well, and that gets especially dangerous. Yeah. That gets especially dangerous when you're talking
1: about government because the new Testament is written in a very narrow period of time where the relationship of God's people to the government, government was exclusively one kind of way and it was not that there were there were princes being placed over the people who who were trying to gain instruction from the lord it was that they were under a government that they had no control over so then that's going to be a very different so then at the very least you have to say that that romans 13 is not answering the question if if i am a king if i am a prince if i am a caesar (laughs) what am i supposed to do um and 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 there are there are parts of the of the old covenant scriptures that actually do address that because they're over such a vast array of situations that god's people have found themselves in you can you can find the answer to if i'm a prince and i'm trying to get wisdom from the lord as to how to govern his people well then you have proverbs you have if i'm if i'm trying to get very prescriptive um this is this is these are the principles that god has handed down for for how his people and his world work well then then you've you've got the pentateuch and then if you're if you're well okay so i am uh Under I am being being ruled by people who aren't the people of God, but I'm a person of God and they're coming and I I do have a role in the government. I'm working within the government. Well, then you have Daniel and 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 so there there are all these different places where the Bible does address when when you when you open up the scope a little and you can ask yourself uh, in the in the various places where you where you find yourself. Um, what what does God have to say to you about this situation? There is there is more of that in the Old Covenant scriptures simply because God's Old Covenant people found themselves in a more diverse array of situations than God's New Covenant people had at the time of inscripturation. And yeah. and and the and the reason the reason that doesn't leave us deficient is that God never intended us to throw out His Old Covenant scriptures.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean. I think closely associated with this problem is that people aren't willing to spend some time to study um, covenant theology uh, so knowing how to deal with the old covenant right. scriptures and be a new covenant people um, there's there's too much of the knee jerk sort of new covenant theology where it's like well only if it's restated in the New Testament but, but that does leave us very deficient with uh, what we have to work with and and Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think this, yeah, this, so, yeah. so uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I, w- I would want to say, you know, just for, com- I guess, completeness with regards to what we've been talking about with like Romans 13, you know, I think about uh, James Coates last sermon before he got arrested way back when uh, the first time, or, or I guess he only got arrested once, but, but the very last sermon, he really sort of broke down how you can extract some principles about the role that you might then start to like say, oh, these are somewhat prescriptive, um, and so I just did want to make some uh, a, a distinction there that, that it's not to say that mm-hmm. nothing within Romans thirteen can give you guidance or or some right. you know barriers or walls that the role of, of government sure. is supposed to follow, um, but it, it is somewhat you know descriptive in that it's and the reason I use descriptive versus prescriptive is it's clearly not calling you to establish such a government it's yeah. describing how god uses government
0: yes right yeah
2: um oh. and and to our point coming back to this this is describing how the first government showed up um and and as a result of them rejecting god now yeah. uh, a rebuttal i've heard is so are you promoting theocracy i think that's the right term um you know so so scripture is is government I think is is maybe a, a layman's way of interpreting that, um, you know what would your response to that sort of a uh you know statement be
1: Yes well, ultimately <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah uh, like like y- ultimately we live in the recognition that God is the ultimate ruler of the universe and that and that and that and that, and that anything that doesn't recognize yeah. his authority is an idolatrous pretension yeah. at power.
0: I, I would say um one thing that I think I think the new covenant situation is a situation of we are an exile people living in 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 uh living away from our homeland. And so we some we, we follow the Jeremiah, 11, I think it's 11, right? 29? 29, 29, 29. Yes. 29, 29 principles. I flipped them around the 29 <laughs> Jeremiah 29 principles where we, we do seek the best for our, for the society we live in, but we acknowledge that we are not in our home. We are exiles. Um, and, uh, you know, that the full chapter of T- Jeremiah 29 is, it's actually, I think really instructive for living as exile people and so i would say a short answer yes scripture should rule us in every aspect and uh Mm -hmm, but but long answer in in the time between the comings uh, as we wait for our king to come home at which point as we've said before we will cease to be anarchists uh in any (laughs) sense of the word um in, in that time we do we seek the best for our uh for the for the society we live in and i think that means trying to bring scriptural principles to bear on society because that is what's best for society um but to not uh but but to recognize uh but to recognize that it's going to be within limits um like we're not called to use the sword to to spread the gospel we're called to use the sword of the spirit and so that means um you know, if one one thing clear in ter- understanding of Romans 13 is that this, the government is the wielder of the sword. And so um, we don't we don't wield the government. If we're going to wield, we can't wield the sword to to convert people. We shouldn't use the government to convert people. Um, well, then
1: and then yeah. even keep reading, even keep reading in the books of Samuel. So what what gets what gets all uh, deposed ultimately from being king, it's it's that he, the sword bearer, tries to yeah. take on the sacrificial duties, and yeah. then and then why can David not build the temple? It's because he shed blood, so bear. it needs to yeah. be his son Solomon. So even though even though in that context it is it is the king who's given that task, the king who has done all the conquering and given them peace on every side and done so through a lot of bloodshed, he can't be the one who does this. It has to be the son who has a time of peace, uh, who's able to do it. So, so there are these, there are these principles of, of what we might call separation of powers um, <laughs> of, of the, of, of the different kinds of um, the different kinds of authorities. And we, and, and, and I, Right back in episode one, I said one of the main reasons that I am an anarchist is that I do believe that God has established governments and that he established at least three of them before he established civil government, which is that he established the family. He established private property and he established the church and that those take those take precedence over um, or that they not not take precedence in every in every sense, but that but that a civil magistrate is is supposed to arbitrate between those governments yeah. not try to reach in and and govern the the authority that God has given to something else and I would say that the church has that same responsibility is that the church should not be the church should not be reaching into the affairs of the civil magistrate the cert, church should not be seeking to wield the sword yeah. to advance the church's interests the church should not be the church should not be um, reaching too deeply into the affairs of the family. Now there are there are certain there there are certain things where if a if a um if a man doesn't provide for his family, for instance, he's worse than an unbeliever. So what that has implications on the church. Obviously mm-hmm. the church needs to needs to excommunicate that person or or war, heavily warn that person that excommunication is coming if they don't if they don't repent. Um uh there so there there are obvious but but for um but for a church to reach into a a family life in a really invasive way. That's that's out of bounds for a church. Mm-hmm. For 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 a church to try to interfere in someone else's private property, for instance, mm-hmm. would be out of bounds for a church. So there. So there. Are, so that's where we have to say no. Not a theocracy in the sense that in the sense that institutional the institutional church is. Um, it is a supreme government over everything else no not theocracy in that sense because because god does rule over everything and he has and he has delineated limits and boundaries to every kind of human government that he's given us ultimately ultimately one of the points of these kinds of governments and you'll see this in Samuel and one of the points of Samuel is that human prophets will fail you human priests will fail you human kings will fail you when they try to mix those duties they definitely fail you but then there's one coming who does take on all those duties and does so righteously and fully fulfills all those duties in absolute perfection and that's jesus and so uh so uh so ultimately and this is the problem like this is what what David realizes himself in Psalm 110 um i think it's 110 where where uh, where he he uh he realizes in reflecting on Melchizedek that 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 it ha- doesn't always have to be this way that 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 uh that great david's greater son is going to righteously recombine these roles and so um so so yes in that sense in that sense Theocracy yes because Because all authority in heaven and earth has been Given to jesus jesus yeah. is God therefore he 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 the, he the theos Crosses over everything um But but that he's established Limits to where the institutional Church does not reach Into the civil magistrate especially
0: Yeah mm-hmm. and i think I um theocracy literally It's in god rules god rules all things Um but but I think that's where um, uh, what well some people think that what I mean by that is that everyone we should legislate God's law, but I think that God's word uh, in in itself gives, as Jeff has been getting at, gives limits to both the the both the government of the civil magistrate and the gov- government of the church and of the family and stuff like that to to overreach um and i think that's right. that's where i would I so guess that I would
1: everything say. in god's word should be regulated but regulated by whom
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> primarily by families and by churches yeah um yeah. not not primarily um not primarily regulated by the civil civil magistrate but
0: i would say there,
1: there are something there are some things as a civil magistrate should
0: I would say a society that follows God's law is going to be a better society. So I think a society in which, um, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. You shall honor your father and mother. And you know, by that I am going beyond the non-aggression principle. I mean, a society in which family is central is going to be a flourishing society, Uh, a society in which, um, life and property are held in high esteem is going to be a flourishing society. Uh, even a, a, a society in which coveting is, is less is going to be a more flourishing society. I think one of the, the sins of the, the federal reserve that is, uh, particularly problematic is that it has created a covetous covetous society that we, um, the, you know, the, the, the The goods, the good of savings is lessened and the good and the spend now, even the money that you don't have, get it later is, is greater. It's made, we've successfully
1: institution, we've successfully institutionalized coveting future generations. Well, right. Um.
0: (laughs) And that's, and i would say that in any step we take toward a more, uh, moral society is a good thing and we should do what we can within the limits that god has given us to establish such a society that is without using the sword yeah see and And, i I think the the
2: issue you know for so many people when they think of that term theocracy you guys sort of touched on it right like there's there's this idea of okay take what we have today as government and replace it with some theocracy Right. Like, there's, as opposed to, you know, you, you've sort of laid out a very similar concept to the spheres of sovereignty that Joe Boot talks about. Right. Where, you know, there's there's sort of designated roles. Um, and, you know, the one thing that I, I sort of I love to say and, and think about with regards to what you guys were talking about with regards to church. Like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going away from the non-aggression principle. But are you? Because in reality, your relationship with the church is a voluntary submission.
3: Right. Right right,
2: right. right, Like you've, you've voluntarily created an, or gave someone authority.
0: Uh-huh. And
2: so they're not aggressing against you because arguably it's a contract. Yeah. And, and so the, that concept of, of, you know, voluntarily relationships or voluntarily submitting is something that I think most people's concept of theocracy sort of is, it doesn't even consider. Um, it, it sort of gets to um, – uh, it actually relates to an esch- to eschological perspective that I heard someone say more recently. I can't remember where I heard it, but the idea that those that b- believe that um, the church is going to bring in the heavenly rain, I don't know the proper term of, of that uh, eschological view. But, but beca- that's where they – like some people believe that's causing them to want to make God's law, the law of the land. And so they're trying to legislate that morality. Uh Um, And, and that's, you know, to me, that's what I sort of think of as when I hear theocracy, right. Trying to create, make God's law, the law of the land, Mm -hmm. as opposed to um, voluntary relationships that protect property rights or, or help, you know, Maintain property rights, or or obviously right. the church relationship I already mentioned too.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, a question in the chat that I thought was really good: um, Does an anarchist society tend toward Christian values? Um, my answer to that is, it can't hurt. Um, and 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 really, it's it's more of what I would say to that is that a stateless society does serious violence to Christian uh, values, and I think just look at the fact that the state of Christianity has become so much worse as the state of the state (laughs) becomes (laughs) uh, worse like that, that um, and like I said, just that perspective of of that. And I would also say though that, that um, uh, I I would once again echo what many have said, which is that a libertarian anarchist society, whatever is not a utopia. It's, it's just solving one problem. Like it's just solving one problem as, as I heard Michael Malice say on a podcast recently that I thought was just really a great way to phrase it is that um, uh, we're just solving one problem. We're not sal- solving all the problems. We're solving one problem, the problem of the state and, um, uh, and without the state, there is certainly more freedom to pursue a Christian value based society, whether it's a, a private property society right. Such as uh, we see Hans-Hermann Hoppe uh, talk about, or uh, just or whatever it's going to look like. Um, and then, um, but I would also acknowledge that anarchism also gives freedom to degenerate lifestyles to pursue their own degenerate lifestyles. However, that society is going to collapse very quickly. Degenerate lifestyle is not a right. long-term. Flourishing society, like people might think that they without want... the
2: state to prop it up,
0: right? right. Without the pro... yeah, exactly. Um, uh, without I...
1: without the without the state um, robbing the lives and livelihoods of of productive people to prop up unproductive people. Yeah. By force without yeah. without private charity where you might say okay but are you going to get a job or whatever
2: <laughs> yeah whatever whatever uh, requirements that that yeah. the state tends to uh ignore yeah in or, one
0: of the episodes of where i believe one of the episodes where i was talking to um isaac uh, in the flyover libertarian podcast i make the comment of uh what is it that i said oh shoot um I made the comment that we sometimes libertarians like to say that people are really libertarian already they just don't know it I don't (laughs) think they are I think that's an incorrect statement I think people want to be children without the Mm -hmm. rules they want mommy to take care of them but not tell them when they need to come home and that's why uh, the degenerate lifestyle will always tend towards statism and because um if you are getting drunk and high and sleeping with whoever you want all the time and you're not forming um the bonds of a family that society is going to fall apart and you're going to find your responsibilities are going to catch up with you eventually um kind of like the prodigal son you'll eventually find yourself eating with eating the food of the pigs and uh starving in a foreign land and you're going to come crawling back to daddy um that's that's what's going to end up happening in a degenerate lifestyle a uh, uh, degenerate lifestyle apart from the state and that's why people may sound libertarian in the sense that they want to do whatever they want but really they just want like i said they just want to be a child without mommy making rules they want to do whatever yeah. they want but she's still going to feed them
2: and and i think essentially what you're saying is that like the, with the libertarian perspective there's a you know freedom and responsibility Yes. And they want the freedom without the responsibility. Right. Right. They really aren't libertarian. Um, and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, to come back to that question, right. Does an anarchist society tend toward Christian values? You know, it's hard to answer the question because we're also speaking in sort of like principles as opposed to in practice. Well, (laughs) in practice, it's sort of like, well, we can't really speak to it. Um, but, but I think your, your points are so valid in regards to, um, that the 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 flourishing of different groups it's it's sort of like what the free market does it causes people to to cooperate right so the issue isn't so much does it does does anarchist society tend towards christian values it's that those with christian values can flourish while cooperating with groups that are of a different value system yeah and they're you know, we, we I just did a podcast. Actually, the last one we did it was a couple of months ago. We were sort of actually on break. We're about to start up again. Um, mm-hmm. Was with an economist, and she said, I think she said the statement. Actually, we probably titled the the podcast based on this. It's either trade or raid was the way that wealth was created for such a long time,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so an anarchist society really removes the ability to raid. Yeah. Um, right. And, and now, you know, obviously there's rebuttals that we are not going to get into now. People would sort of say, well, doesn't it lead to just warring, um, you know, fictions or, or, or factions, I should say. Sorry. So think of like or as
0: I put it on Twitter this week. But without the state, how would we prevent states from becoming states? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Essentially. Right. Like that. And that's, I mean, I get, that's a fair sort of question Yeah. that, that like, how do we prevent um, let's call it private securities from becoming, you know, uh, raiding other people. Yeah. Right. And um, I think, you know, people, I think it's like Jeff Dice is a good example where I think he usually talks about insurance as, as a way that, you know, becomes a mechanism for this type of system to actually flourish. The problem is most people hear that and I think they default to what we experience as insurance, which is like car insurance. Yeah. And because it's legislated by the state, um, you know, the the concept of insurance for so many people is like so obscured. Um, And and like like so many things that libertarians and and anarchists try to talk about, they have this like, you know, state poisoned version of what we're trying to talk about in the free market.
0: Yeah yeah absolutely and that's uh that's an important detail um
1: but to just put a a twist on like your first point in answer to that in answer to that question is does an anarchist society uh, tend towards christian values well it it at least encourages the abolition of one idol yes right it can't it can't it can't keep you from all the idols (laughs) but it gets rid of one (laughs) <laughs> right, yes. and so and and so, um, so, yeah, like so to 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 the extent of what well, is does getting rid of the astrapol um uh it, does that promote a Christian society, well, you know, it's better than not, it's better yeah. than not getting rid of the astra oh right?
0: yeah. um, yeah. yeah. um, I mean, sure, yeah, there's still baal, but but <laughs> that doesn't mean just because people are still worshiping Baal doesn't mean we should still still worship asherah you know it's kind of like right. like uh <laughs> yeah just because people will find other ways to sin doesn't mean it's not a good thing to take aggressive violence the sin of aggressive violence and worship of false gods in the form of the state out of the out of the uh out of the options out of the list of options well um, and,
2: and yeah i was gonna say you know it's it's, it's important that you guys have made this on the show. You made this point on the show. And I was like, when I started listening, I was like waiting for a couple of these points, like, okay, please, please, please please make this point. And and it's about anarchy, right? Like anarchy is the absence of the leader, not the, you know, it's used as a colloquial reference to lawlessness. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about an absence of law.
3: Right. right? Right. Um,
2: Right. And, and so, you know, the question obviously that then comes up okay well who's enforcing it or how how does the 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 law uh cause restitution or resolving injustice right and Mm -hmm. and and we'll park that as uh, yes that that question does need to be answered um and and when i'm let's say engaging with less you know anarchist types um i would sort of pose the question is there's a valid question of we how do we have just justice enforcement and, and you know, removing the state doesn't just remove that, you know, question. Um, it still needs to be resolved. Um, yeah. the, what I would think the free market perspective that we're promoting is that you would actually have a more just justice enforcement without the state.
1: Well, unlike you're saying, like the things that you can learn from economics is one of the things that you can learn from economics is the the vast array of things that voluntary cooperation can actually accomplish when you just get out of the way where you, yeah. you would have never imagined, you would have never imagined how much, how far voluntary cooperation could have gotten you yeah. until, until you get out of the way and let it work. And, well, and then it's amazing what it can accomplish.
0: Right. Well, like someone had made this. Okay. So like, I sometimes will talk about this when it comes to like issues of like, um, like you look at the eighties and what they pictured as the future and they pictured kind of they had big computers. And so they pictured even bigger computers and that going to <laughs> yeah. become, become massive technology. And and you've got that scene where uh, Bill and Ted are in the, the futuristic society with with uh, it's like computers mechanized technology everywhere. They couldn't have even imagined that in the future I could do more with one of these than I could with their massive computers. <laughs> Like they or yeah. or or an example that um, uh our friend uh the real at real Carl Menger brought up on uh, Twitter this week. He posted this this uh, article about how using three D printing, um they people are undermining the poaching of rhinoceroses and elephants by flooding the market with yeah. with lifelike Which, irony or uh, I, I, well, iron, ivory uh,
2: ivory yeah, ivory.
0: yeah. <laughs> ivory and so like and, and it was like he, he talks about and he 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 wrote in uh while posting this like when people ask me how would the free market deal with x this is a re- example and i said and to your point and to expand on your point this is a thing that we wouldn't have even imagined being a solution right. to poaching like who in the who in the past would have ever been like, you know what? I think in the future, we're going to be able to create ivory almost out of thin air. Like whoever thought that was even a possibility. (laughs) And, and here we are. I mean,
1: it's, it's kind of, it's almost a joke on Star Trek, right? Like the replicator. (laughs) It's it's almost a, a joke. And we're, we're, we're a lot darn closer than any of us ever thought yeah, we would be to absolutely. basically having replicators.
0: And so the question of like what would like what what would law enforcement be like in an anarchist society? Well, we can give some ideas of what we could see it happening at but we have no idea. we yep. we we have no idea what that would look like in in a truly free market society, a free market for law enforcement. Who knows? It's just. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, it's essentially when you have a monopoly, you're preventing <laughs> entrepreneurs from so- creating yeah. solutions to the problem. Yeah.
0: yeah. And very right. likely what we would see is a succession of improvements on the idea. Like amongst like failures, amongst failures. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. The problem is our failures,
2: you know, our state governments, our, our police forces that are absolute failures don't go bankrupt. Yeah, right. Right. Like yeah. in, in free market, the entrepreneur that sucks or is a bad manager of resources or bad customer service in the long run will fail. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, there's anomalies. People get through. People can pull off scams like Bernie Madoff for extended periods of time. But those are anomalies. Yeah. And, and so this is, you know, it goes back to that's why, you know, the, the problem I see is so much of the, the anarchy conversation. We get challenged with, like, doubts, well, what about this? Or what about that? Or, or what if this happens? And the problem is bad things always happen.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. The question is what scenario is going to minimize harm? What scenario is going to cause a minim- minimization of those bad things, but they don't engage the conversation that way. They, just, yeah. you know, people engage us by going, but, but this bad thing's going to happen, but, th- but this, you know, but someone's going to get exploited or, or, you know, who's going to regulate
0: the entrepreneur. Well, the customers but uh, yeah
3: right yeah
0: yeah i, I mean and so that was some good anarchy let's get back to bible study uh so uh true absolutely no, it's and so one of the one of
1: the one of the points that we should get from the text then is um is uh so he says um he says uh, that oh, I've lost. Oh, yeah! Uh, for they have not rejected you, but they've rejected me from being yeah. king over them. Yeah. In uh, in verse seven. So, so, um, so that means that whatever we think Judges twenty one twenty five is is the last the last verse of Judges. Yeah. Um, which is where this narrative. So you yeah. you've got Joshua judges. Ruth, which is a very focused story on something that happens yeah. during the time of the judges, and then and, and, and then first and second Samuel pick later. up. Probably, yeah, but then but then first and Samuel first and second Samuel pick up, basically at the end of at the end of Judges, um, yeah. and uh, and so in Judges twenty one twenty five, the last verse of of Judges, it says, "In those days there was no king in Israel, and every man did what was good in his own eyes." Yeah. Um, uh and so what that can't mean then is that is that the point of judges is that god's waiting for them to establish a human king because yeah. he says the establishment of the human king is the rejection of him being yeah. king over them so then so then so then what does that mean about how we read judges right is that yeah. is that judges is not judges is not calling for um king. for a merely human
0: king let's yeah. say yeah and 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 let's just let's just let the passage continue to speak too i think right like if this isn't interesting enough the way it continues to say is it says right so then samuel gets to warn them so what is the king gonna do um so, so samuel spoke all the words of the lord to the people who had asked him asked of him a king he said this will be the procedure of the king who will reign over you he will take your sons and place them for himself in his chariots and among his horsemen, and they will run before his chariots, AKA draft them. He will appoint for himself commanders and, of thousands.
1: And, unfortunately, they only had to worry about it being their sons. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to, as opposed to now, now your daughters have to register for the yeah
0: and the fifties and some to do his plowing and to reap his harvest and to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He'll also take your daughters and perfu- as. For perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and your vineyards and your olive groves and give them to his servants, that aka uh eminent domain. He will also take your male servants, (laughs) your female servants, and your best young men, and your donkeys, and use them for his work. He will take a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves will become his servants. Then you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. So he's going to tax them. He's going to draft them.
1: He's, he's going, going to, to be so, so tyrannical. He's going to tax them at
0: 10%. Yeah. Whoa. He'll be a real 10%. tyrant. What? How crazy.
2: Just come to Canada.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Now I do think that that's a 10% wealth tax, but if you think as opposed to a 10% income tax, but, um, but, uh, it, but, Hey, are, can we
0: really say that a ten percent wealth tax is crazy? Um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, it's it's so true. Like, like what is it? When he describes what the king is going to do, he says he's going to do king stuff. The I mean, <laughs> this the sort of stuff that, like, honestly, whenever I I hear someone preach on Romans thirteen, it seems like their conclusion is this is what Romans thirteen justifies is the sort of things that. That Samuel warns them a king's going to do and saying, you don't want this. And so right. if Romans 13 justifies all that the king does in 1 Samuel 8, well, again, keep those two in tension and you find that does not justify their doing it or make it positive that they do it. Like, I don't have to say that because a king can take my children and make them fight his war, that therefore that makes the king that his right as a king or that makes it good that he can do that. You know?
1: Right. Right. Oh, and I think, sorry, I think we totally missed one of the most important parts is where, where they, when they do ask for this king, sorry, back up in verse five, they say, now appoint a king, uh, a king for us to judge us like all the nations. Mm -hmm. This is an inversion of yeah. God's plan for His people—it's the Gentiles. So, nations, Gentiles, generally, yep. Yep. Um, it, Gentiles are supposed to come to the light of Israel, and we know that yeah. that's that's ultimately fulfilled in Jesus, because Israel consistently fails at being a light to the nations that the that the that the nations come to. Um, you get a taste of it with Solomon, with the Queen of the South coming up. Yeah. Uh, you get a taste of it here and there. You'll have a good king that gives you a little taste of what Israel was supposed to be, um, but but ultimately they uh, ultimately in in wanting a king in the first place, they're inverting the plan that God had for them, which is that the nations are supposed to look at their laws and say, what a wise people that have such good and just laws. Um, And, and, and and instead they're looking at the nations around them and wanting to be like them. They've gotten it entirely backwards.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing that you know again from from our perspective it's like oh if you have government here's what it's going to cost mm. is it worth the cost mm. is not even a question that like again people look at romans 13 and go right. well of course we have government yeah right of course of course i set up government not okay what does it cost us is it worth it yeah
0: Mm-mm. yeah yeah absolutely
1: well and that's and that's the that's the basic ec- economist question right instead of what right yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That, that there, there are no solution there are no solutions only trade offs so when you yeah. when you ask should we do x should we do x instead of what and the sneaky thing about it is you often can't answer instead of what you have the problem of the seen and the unseen which the is not just uh, pauline right. but also but also, but also, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, is is in economics that uh,
0: Bastiat, um Henry Hazlitt yes. candlemaker yeah the, the yeah what what is and what, what what's seen and what's unseen is is as as Hazlitt says is the most uh, basic thing, difference between a good economist and a bad economist, and I think that is a like you say that's an important thing to bring up. Like, what would Israel have been had they mm-hmm. chosen? to go the way of of God and not to choo- not choose a king. Now of course we can say as as we uh as we uh on this podcast come from a more pre- reformed perspective, we can say that it was ultimately God's plan to through the sin of Israel to bring about yes. uh, his his own son as the perfect king. And so he used this evil happening in 1 Samuel 8 and yet Um, We can still entertain the possibility. What would have happened had they not sinned? Like it's, it's still, uh, we can still entertain the possibility in order to ask the question, should we return? Should we commit the same sin that they do and repeatedly choose a king instead of letting Mm -hmm. God reign us over us? Yeah. And, and as you sort of hinted at right (laughs) under God's sovereignty, you
2: know, from it's like, you know, the quote that I was referencing is like, or or someone has said, right? Like when, when God created man, he knew he was sending Jesus to the cross.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So
2: at the same time that like, he knew that this was the path, right? So mm-hmm. it wasn't like they rejected him and, and, and he chose, okay, fine. Like, you know, yeah. it was like, this was in his yeah. sovereign will all along, yeah. but it's, it's still a valid question because mm-hmm. it, it's clear from this text that, yeah this is the will of the people that God is
0: willing to appease. Yeah.
2: Not this is God's prescription that he's telling them, yes. this is what you need to do.
0: Yes. Which, yeah. Like, like you say, that's, that's an important. Uh, thing yeah. When you went
2: back to verse that's... five, right? Like verse five, I think is the key for, for sort of identifying that, right. That, yeah. that God is giving into their request to, you know, as opposed to keeping them, in another way that they're different from the other nations.
0: I mean, you could mm-hmm. you could say it like in the Paul, you borrow a Pauline phrase that he's giving them over to their sins. Right. Um, and and uh, you get to borrow or, another or, Pauline or phrase. Or Jesus says Jesus. Sorry. Or to borrow another Pauline phrase, um, he's subjecting creation to futility in hope. You know, like that there's, he's right. got a further hope that he's bringing about through the, the subjecting of creation to futility. That's Romans 8, um, uh, 20, uh, anyway, or somewhere after 18, 20, early 20s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he subjects creation of futility in hope. Uh, that is the, the hope of the revealing of the sons of God at the ed- at the end of all time. So there's a, a hope for a uh, a better time. And so there's a subjecting of Israel to futility. In hope that right. a better king would come of it, that uh, that a greater king who will put an end to all futility ultimately would come of it, and uh, and, and and, but that does not justify kings. That does not make yeah. kings good.
1: And Jesus, Jesus, when he's talking about marriage, he says that from the beginning, of... he's saying but that because of the hardness of your hearts.
0: All right. Could you, could you say that again? I, Oh, uh, did I,
1: did I lag? okay. You you lagged a little. Um, Okay. So, uh, so Jesus, Jesus, when he's asked a question about divorce says that from the beginning, it was not so, but that because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allows you, Moses gives provision for you to have a certificate of divorce. Um, And, and, and so, so like, um, God's design was that divorce would not happen because yeah. because marriage was supposed to be this picture of of his unending love for his bride which can't be broken um and and um and yet humans humans couldn't fulfill <laughs> humans couldn't uh uh we we couldn't Make it without some provision, some provision for divorce. And Jesus says um, that it wasn't supposed to be this way, um, but, that, but that because of the hardness of your hearts, that the, that uh, and and the and in the same way here, it's it's obviously not supposed to be this way. It, it is it is in the hardness of their hearts that yeah, like like you say, he's handing them over to their um, their sins, or that he that he's uh, subjecting them to futility subjecting creation to futility and hope yeah. um that uh that yeah i think um and i, th- I think we see that that pattern sorry go ahead yeah.
0: no no it's, it's it's good and 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 i bring up both of those passages because this is both a judgment on israel and a provision for their salvation it, it, Correct. We, we find them both at once in the same way that we find that in romans is that this is both a judgment on Israel. They are going to have a king, and their first one is going to be particularly terrible. And even though they'll have one good, one and a half good kings, uh, right early on, because you know Solomon's half good, then he becomes bad. They will have a long, almost unending march in both the north and south kingdom of terrible kings as a result of this decision. Um, and it's it's a it is a judgment. But it also is also the provision for their salvation because that's the way the Lord works. Is He He allows sin for both the purpose of His better purpose and also be, as a judgment for our hard hearts, like you say. And and uh, yeah, is is this a, enough on this first passage? I I feel like we've got a lot more. Passage yeah, and just
1: to to. in case in case anybody in case anybody is is remembering in the last episode or the one before where I uh, mentioned that. Um, that Saul is that Saul is crowned at, at Gilgal. Um yeah. this is this is not Saul's crowning here. Right. Um his crowning is in uh first Samuel twelve and uh yeah. and verses uh in and, and uh, chapter eleven verses fourteen and fifteen set the um oh, set sure. the scene for what's going to happen in verse twelve and that's his actual coronation. So if right. I if I said if I if I said Gilgal is where they asked for a king I don't think I did, but if I did say that, then that was a mistake. It's where it's where Saul's actually crowned, um, and, and you can record. see that later in the, Check later the, yeah, I, this. Check the record.
0: See if I you lied about you, that as well.
2: I think you might have referenced uh, First Samuel eight, but I'm not sure. But I do, oh, I remember when okay. I was listening, I was sort of like, but you might not even reference First Samuel 8, but my inclination is when I hear about saying, <laughs> you know, Saul becoming the right. king. I go and I might, I might,
1: <laughs> I might have, I might have, and I, and I certainly, I certainly, uh, I, I said, I said, if you only read First Samuel 8 and Hosea 9. Then you might get this idea, and, and no, you would yeah. need you would need First uh, Samuel eleven fourteen and fifteen, I guess, yeah. um, to to actually fill in <laughs> fill oh, in that, yes. that's where, uh, uh, that that's where that's where Saul was crowned. So you wouldn't uh, um, so that that um, part I remember saying that, and that part at least couldn't couldn't have been true. Um, but oh, uh, so so I wanted to I wanted to make that make that clear since we're here now uh, that yeah. Uh, uh, that yeah you need you need so, letter in the book to to fill in that detail.
0: So, so, Joel, do you want still to still look at Romans 13? Do you think we've covered that already kind of on the um, way?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the only question I would, uh, you know, we can talk briefly about Romans 13, unless you guys want to jump into the, sure. the economic stuff. Um, with, with, with Romans 13, I was sort of, I, I find it very peculiar, the two texts around it, and, you know, I sort of referenced, uh, I said, it. you know, I've, I've heard the term. I don't actually really fully understand how it's used or the idea of like the Pauline sandwich or something like, uh-huh. like I've heard it used before, but I never really understood it, but instantly I sort of went, well, this sort of seems like if that maybe this applies because 14 sure. and 12 both have very much about like, I know this is oversimplification, but it's sort of like loving your neighbor or or loving, you know, fellow yeah. believers. Um And <laughs> You know, to me, if I was trying to, you know, again, maybe make an argument in light of what we believe, um, you know, 13 is sort of giving a reason for you to focus on your neighbors and, and sort of what we talk about, like vengeance is mine, thus say the Lord. And, in, in, you know, take yeah. that concept and go, okay, in 13, he's showing you like God has a tool for this. He'll take care of those things. You know, when yeah. someone is... Is truly, you know, uh, yeah. violating their neighbor. Don't worry about it. And then, t- like yeah. twelve and thirteen again, or sorry, twelve and fourteen, sort of very much out, you know, um, so different than thirteen. Sort of begs the question: Why is it here? Yeah, right. Like, I, why not the end of the chapter or the end of the, the book?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And I think uh, the 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 principle of the uh, when I think of the principle of the Pauline sandwich, it's it's best seen in uh first corinthians 12 through 14 uh where you've got basically you know you've got um discussion on in 12 chapter 12 discussion of the of the spiritual gifts um chapter 14 discussion of the spiritual gifts smack dab in the middle you have that chapter 13 on love and it both comments the marriage one right (laughs) (laughs) yeah it both comments it both (laughs) helps us understand romans 13 the fact that it it comes in the midst of this section on the spiritual gifts that needs to affect the way we understand the chapter. And also the chapter kind of reflects on the rest of, of it. Um, you know, it's kind of like the biblical, uh, biblical scholarship. There's this concept of the chiasm, which we're actually going to, I I've been studying the next section of, of revelation and we're going to see some chiasms coming up very soon. um, but basically the way that works is kind of like there's two parallels and then two parallels and then two parallels working into kind of the middle. And so sometimes there's just the two and the one. Sometimes there's three levels. Sometimes there's even four levels. But in this case, we would have in, both in 1 Corinthians 12 and here in Romans 12 through 14, you have just a two level chiasm. You have spiritual gifts and love. And here you have love, as you've been pointing out, like love government and i think that's something that i would say uh that is kind of i I think that is something that's valid to see um i haven't i guess i haven't thought about that last week i mentioned how i don't i i don't think i've i'm as comfortable with the the, uh, interpretation of like um that romans 13 is just saying turn the other cheek when it comes to government um but i think what you're saying isn't that it's something much, uh, I think, I think that's actually something probably worth, worth, um, considering. Cause like, yeah, like you said, we were right here. It starts with this commandment to, um, you know, to be, to offer up your, your, your self as a living and holy sacrifice. Well, God present your potties. And so it's basically saying this is our life. And the way we do it is by not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, and then it immediately starts talking about, um, uh, grace within the church that we all show grace in using the spiritual gifts right here and then love uh, love must be free of hypocrisy someplace say let love be genuine Um, and, and detest what is evil cling to what is good be devoted to one another and brotherly love like yeah there's, there's love 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 bless those who persecute you rejoice those who rejoice and then as you well, said especially you come...
2: the bless those that persecute you part right like yes. it's it's essentially mm-hmm. like you know, let God
1: take care of that.
2: It, it, you know, right? Subtly, like, well, not-
1: and then and explicitly, never take your own revenge is is uh, what yeah. the, how this translation reads it. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave Which, room for the, the wrath NASB God, of God for His wrath that it's right. <laughs> I, yeah, I. I mean, the NASB is essentially where if you if you take a Greek class, um, and you and you just. For a uh, or two, you just look up all the words in the lexicon and just plug them in and go. I'll smooth this out later, um, and then forget to smooth it out later. That's the NASP. It's just a whole translation
0: of that. You drop, you drop the Greek New Testament into uh, uh, Google Translate. It pops out the NASP. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, no. It's a great translation. We, oh, I love it. Oh. But um, and it's
1: uh, it's almost even an English translation. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
0: but uh, but yeah, but um, here it is right there. Vengeance is mine. As you say, verse 19, I will repay, says the Lord. Um, and, and there's even this. Yeah. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good in verse 21. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into this of like. And, and, and so I think what That's I right. was rejecting before was this understanding of. This is, of submitting to the government is how we reject evil with good, or how we turn the other cheek. I don't think that that's a, a valid interpretation. But what you're pointing out is this is the way that God, this is like in the midst of it. He's saying vengeance is mine. I will repay. And he says this is the means or a means by which I'm going to accomplish that. And I think that's a that's probably a valid interpretation. I'm, I'm going to have to think about it some more. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. something
2: that's kind of been stirring more and more because like, I mean, again, as like the backyard scholar, you know, Bible, you know, scholar is just like, what's the context, right? That, that's like yeah. the default question that, that you always just like, okay, if I take that approach, what, you know, where does it fit in, in the bigger and bigger context, right? Like, You know, how many people just chop up a verse, like you were referring to Jeremiah 29, right? Like the, the the, I sort of referenced at the time, Jeremiah 29, 11, but in the greater context, that verse is really, really good. If you understand the context, but when it, the way it's generally used is sort of totally destroyed And, and and here, right? Like for me, especially because, you know, so many people just look at Romans 13 completely in isolation. And, and I mean, I'd have to go look at, you know, there's a, I can't remember the other, there's a smaller chunk in, is it Peter? First Peter? Um, I haven't sort of analyzed it in the same way, um, uh-huh. but, but am I wrong? Is it? Uh, is no, it I think Peter? that's first yeah. Peter three. Yeah. First Peter. I think three. that's first
1: Peter three.
2: Yeah. So Honor, I, I haven't thought about Honor that Emperor, one yeah. in, in the same way and, and looked at it and, and scaled it out because again, yeah. people don't usually pull that text out. Um, and so with this, uh, and again, if you start looking at fourteen, it jumps sort of right back in to you know the the let's call it uh relationships
0: within the church yeah yeah that's that's a really mm-hmm. valuable insight. Thank you so much for that I, I I'm gonna have to think some more about that like that's that that it does the fact that it interrupts the flow of what is clearly relational virtues um uh, to talk about the government <laughs> I think that's something that we probably have to deal with more. As an interpretive, um,
1: well, and and look at the yeah. way look at the way eight through ten talk about law. It it's right up against this this government passage. Um, yeah. It's uh, owe nothing to each other except so after it's just told you to pay your taxes. By the way, <laughs> um, it says not to owe anything, with uh, which is which is an interesting. Juxtaposition. Yeah. Um yeah. but oh nothing to anyone except for love uh one another for the one who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Yeah. Um and and then uh and then it it makes the point to get to the you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. So you yeah. so you have you have this you have this interesting um this interesting deeper law obviously like you can't you can't it, it's it's almost it's almost like explicitly preventing this positive law yeah of yeah, yeah. Of yeah. Romans 13, because this is actually Romans 13. Like even yeah. though, even though the uh, even even though the chapter divisions are not are not inspired, uh, <laughs> even <laughs> even here uh, it kept it kept this context together. Um, and uh, and so eight through ten, um, eight through ten have this have this interesting relationship yeah. uh, with one through seven. I'm not I'm not necessarily like fully exegeting this right now, but it's yeah. it is an interesting it is an interesting like he makes that immediate move where it's uh there's there's something more going on here than than obviously like just the establishment of positive law of course but
0: yeah and whatever you think um loving your neighbor may be in the situation it does not mean robbing them (laughs) uh and so (laughs) stealing from
2: peter to give to paul
0: yeah when robbing tax through taxes to give to others is is, it's not that's still robbery um you, you know uh, this is this is how my dad taught me taxation and stuff without using those words he wants 30 percent of your ice cream well no he <laughs> once asked me what uh what do you call it if you take uh if, you, if i take something from you like stealing what if i take it from you and give it to someone else it's still stealing then he says what about if the government does it then it's taxes <laughs> <laughs> like that that's it's it's stealing it's it, and that is uh i think it was very simple but i think it's 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 just it's essentially accurate you know
2: but yeah, I, yeah, I've, I've seen a a meme that's similar where it's like you know describes a whole bunch of relationships and and yeah. uses the term voluntary you know what makes this okay voluntary voluntary right if it's not voluntary oh like if it's sex it's not voluntary it's rape right like it, and and, and vol- you know the key word being voluntary. Oh, what makes taxes not, you know, theft? Magical Magic fairy, fairy dust.
0: Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Uh, I love that one. Yeah. So uh, uh,
2: I, you know, yeah. I feel like this is a per- you, you mentioned positive law, and and you know, I I t- showed you guys the book earlier. You know, Frederick Bastiat's mm-hmm. the law, and and there's a quote in there about negative law or or negative perspective of law that that I think is so. It, it's, it sticks with me. I usually don't read it. I just know it, but I'm going to read it because I actually had it, the page bookmark. So this negative concept of law is so true that the statement, the purpose of the law is to cause justice to reign. He says it is not rigorously accurate statement, or it is not a rigorously accurate statement. It ought to be stated that the purpose of the law is to prevent injustice from reigning. Hmm. And, and I think that's something that for us, you know, from the anarchist perspective or, or from, you know, the voluntarist perspective, it, it, reigns so true, but for so many people, they don't even, you know, sort of think about that because as we've been talking about all taxation, argue now let's park property taxes. Cause there's a little bit difference there, not really, but to some extent, but in general, all taxation has a form of injustice, for the claim of being good. Uh-huh.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Right. And, and most people can, if they didn't, if they wrestled sort of with that quote, okay. The, the concept of justice reigning versus preventing injustice from reigning. You know, if we actually mm-hmm. looked at the purpose of the law that way or, or wrestled with what does that look like? Um, I think a lot of sort of our kerfuffles with the law would, would be, you know, thought about differently or, or not exist. Yeah. Right. Absolutely
0: good um now before we move on um our friend patrick has made his entrance into the chat known uh by uh stating two things first i'm gonna go with the second first no no the social contract we all signed makes taxes (laughs) a-okay and then he wrote ducks in liberty uh but of course the, the big thing that he said and i think really uh demands uh Uh, us to take seriously and think about is he says but of course love violates the nap after all love is a battlefield (laughs) (laughs) dad joke patrick we love it when he pops up (laughs) (laughs) oh right okay
1: Oh, hey there. This is where Josh decided to cut the episode. So we, uh, we're having so much fun with Joel from The Sixth Sense Report, at six, at six, S-I-X, capital C-E-N-T, I guess you don't have to capitalize it, S-R-E-P-O-R-T on Twitter. Um, and uh, you can find them at The Sixth Sense Report, um, on all your favorite podcatchers, um, I highly recommend them. Uh, great evergreen uh, discussions of theology, and a uh, uh, great evergreen discussions of theology and economics, um, and especially if, especially for Canadian listeners, but. The vast majority of them would would be relevant to people from Canada or the United States, and as as Joel says, uh, in the next episode, um, half their listeners are from the U.S. and and obviously find uh, found some value in that. So, but especially if you're Canadian listener, they're uh, they're an especially a good resource talking about uh, giving a giving a, a better, fuller angle on uh, a lot of the stories that you might see, especially, um, in Canada, but, but really, um, uh, really applicable no matter what country you live in, um, because they're taking, uh, timeless truths from scripture and timeless theological truths and trying to, um, apply them, um, using strong first principles from Austrian economics, um, and uh, and since both of those are evergreen uh and applicable in all kinds of times and places uh then the uh the episodes are also evergreen and applicable in all kinds of times and places so you'll really appreciate those and we had so much fun with joel nikoloff in this episode um that we had to cut it in half uh and so uh, be sure to uh Go subscribe to Joel and Darnell at the Sixth Sense Report, uh, in your favorite podcatcher. Subscribe to us in your favorite podcatcher. And then Iowan Cap would kill me if I didn't say. And also right here on YouTube, and if you're seeing this on YouTube, uh, press all the buttons except the one that resembles a thumbs down. That's a bad button. Stay away from that one. But all the other buttons, including uh, the button on your phone where you call or text a friend uh, and let them know. about your favorite anarchist bible study bros um uh here on the anarchist bible study um and feel free to leave a comment uh here on youtube if you are here on youtube um uh or uh especially if not then it's anarchist bible study at gmail.com that's anarchist bible study at gmail.com um maybe Maybe if Randy would like to re-edit this to where it's wrong to, to keep up with our, our habits, that might, that might work out as well. But anarchistbiblecity at gmail.com or leave a comment uh, here on YouTube. And uh, we'll see you guys next time here on the Anarchist Bible Study where we take anarchy to church. Grace and peace.
0: Hey, what's up? It's the Flyover Libertarian Pod? No. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I started giving the wrong intro. <laughs> hey. Where am we're, I? We're, we're tra-
1: three unimportant people from two unimportant places and one very self-important place. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna try that again. Sorry about that. We're going we're let's take it from the top.